amazing sausage that is. Look at the state of it. <laughs> I was looking back at the on the music pod. Obviously, we do a, a couple of new albums every every week, and I was listening. I was looking back at the list and going, "We didn't listen to that this year. That was like three years ago." But no, that's how fucking long we've been doing this. I was doing a similar thing. I was looking back at the. Uh, I was trying to remember everything. I was going back over the supercars um, season, and if. I could have sworn that the season started at Eastern Creek about six weeks ago. Yeah, Every, everything did. that happened before that was last year. Yeah, no, well, it was like it was like three months off in the middle. So, and last year was exactly the fucking same. I mean, these uh, these COVID years are going to take years off our lives because we're going to they, they kind of count two for one. I think. I, yeah, you kind of get that. Uh, what was it last year? I took Abby to a, a game of the women's T Twenty World Cup, like sort of at the start of March. That and- wasn't last year. That was five years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, and now she's starting school. When I took her to the cricket, she was a baby. She was a fetus. She hadn't actually been born yet. There's that video game where the guy carries around the fetus in a jar. It's, it was like that. I don't know that game, but it's it's it sounds like an old country song. <laughs> fetus in the jar. Metallica covered it on the Garage Inc. album. This is the Motorsport Nerd Pod, which we occasionally do here on the Bulls Podcast. Uh, I'm Doc, and that is a man known as Bert on the internet. Hello. He has been known as Bernie. He's not known by a lot of things. He's been called a lot of things. I'm a man of many names. Yes. I am called the counterbalance to the man with no name. Yes. I stole uh, all his names and took them as my own. Yes. Fuck that guy. Um, he was a prick. And every, <laughs> every so often, not as often as we probably should, uh, we get on the internet and we talk shit about motorsport. And it feels like in between uh, – a pretty bloody good Bathurst 1000 and uh, a finale to a Formula One season that has gone completely off the fucking rails. Uh, I feel like a good time to be to be uh, busting open one of these. So uh, let's see how we get on with it. You're going to have to tell me about Bathurst because life intervened and I only got to watch the last 10 laps. Yes, I heard that. You got you, d- you literally did the, the Neil Crompton buy a ticket to the last <laughs> X number of laps. I, I turned it on laps. just in time to see Shane Van Gisbergen get his um, puncture. <laughs> and basically hand it to um, Chaz Mostert. Yeah, although, to be honest, Mostert, I know you probably didn't see a lot of the, the weekend, but there was nobody beating Mostert. It was like one of those throwback weekends. Oh, that noise there was the uh, Formula 2 uh, race uh, intro starting up, so we actually have some live motorsport to talk about. <laughs> That's right. I'm uh, just going to turn that on on the other screen over here. Alongside um, Matthew Wade. Who- yes, and I've got that on another screen too. Matthew Wade has decided <laughs> he absolutely hates Pink Sydney and he would like to use it as a, as a platform to get back into the Australian team. It really is sort of a um, centre-wicket batting practice for it him is, at the moment. Uh, <laughs> an act of violence against a man in a headband, which is probably fair enough. Um, but, yeah, so um, we'll get back to Bathurst, I'm sure, folks. This might go around in circles. <laughs> uh, but the Formula 2 is the undercard for the Formula 1 this weekend and Australian Ostra Piastri is – pretty confidently in position to win the world, the uh, Formula 2 World Championship. Um, in fact, he could win it this evening, our time. And by the time you hear this, it might actually be all done because we'll probably drop this on Sunday afternoon. So the first race, which is a top 10 reverse grid, I think, or top 12 reverse grid. I can't remember which. Yes. Something like he that. He is starting. I'm looking at it now. He qualified fastest, yes. but he's starting 10th. He, he qualified fastest. And second fastest was a bloke called Jack Doohan, the offspring of the – Five-time MotoGP world champion, um, who 
double the number of wheels. Appears to appears to be really good now that Red Bull's dropped him from the junior program. <laughs> Finished second in the Formula Three Championship and is doing incredibly well. And this is basically his second Formula Two race, uh, and he's just he's just carving shit. So um, best of luck to him. Yeah. Well, that's a thing that's happening. But yeah, Bathurst. It didn't. It felt like an old school Bathurst, like one from like twenty years ago when. It was very clear the only cars that were going to win the race were the, were the HRT cars. It was it was a very kind of Walkinshaw, two thousand and one era absolute smackdown, like those those scaife wins in that in that period. Yeah, right. Um, and, and there was like no one could seem to get within half a second a lap of the guy, uh, and, and and more to be for, to be frank. And Holdsworth did a fantastic job as the um, as the. I mean, he was effectively one A. It wasn't a number two driver. Yeah, it was nice to see like Lee Holzer's a real journeyman of the sport, yeah. isn't he? It was nice to see him finally get up and win the the big one. Of course, balanced on the fact that um, Ryan Walkinshaw was happy, which no one ever likes to see. Well, you know, <laughs> he he looks. If you look up in the dictionary, like dude who ne- never got his father's approval, Ryan Walkinshaw's face is the right there. So <laughs> his entire life is is a is a uh, like there are more Walkinshaws. There's about three brothers. But he's the, he's definitely the most vis- the visible one, and he seems to be the one who's who's trying the hardest to to carry the, the family name along. So <laughs> I, I hope he's um I hope he's making his his fellow proud. I'm not sure how you make Tom Walkinshaw proud because he seemed to be a grumpy prick. Yeah, I mean Ryan's just a preening dickhead. So <laughs> he he has yeah. grown out of some of the worst of it. Like I mean, when he especially when he took over that shit, he was young. He was in his twenties, and basically anybody in their twenties. Shouldn't have a Twitter account. Um, they they just you know shut up and, and come back when you're an actual grown up, and that's not until you've you've got a three in front of your your age. I think. Even then, for some of us, yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can have like a you can have like a green pea plate on your Twitter account. I think the first one is just you've just got to admit that you're you're washed and irrelevant. Well, the problem is the gap. And once you've accepted that, then you're allowed to go on Twitter. <laughs> yes, it is the only be- the only the best place to be. The best place to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was no, no one was was getting near. The only thing that Red Bull could try uh, to to stop uh, in in Bathurst to try to stop uh, Mostert running away with it was they uh, Van Gisbergen tried to try to box in Mostert at a restart, and it worked briefly, and then Mostert just sort of powered past again. Took off, and that was that was the end of that. That was and and pretty, <coughs> and then Van Gisbergen got a karma smackdown for for, for doing that, and um, toddled home around the back of the the the, the same lap cars. So. That's what you get. What do you think? How much of the weekend did you actually – I want to say the weekend, the whole week. How much of the week did you actually get to see? Because that was actually pretty fucking those, awesome. Those, those last 10 laps, <laughs> it was literally about all I managed to yeah, see. That's all. Like you didn't even see like the, the, the GTs like on Tuesday or anything like that? No. I, because it was all on like while I'm at work. <laughs> so? <laughs> I, uh, I tried – no, I knew I was going to be away like – out all weekend just doing life stuff. So on Monday, I just had to sort of had my moment of zen and took a deep breath and just went, I'm just going to have to just pretend that it's not happening and I'm just going to ignore it and it's all going to be fine. Otherwise, I'm going to get to about 12 o'clock on Sunday afternoon and I'm going to be like, you know, trying to claw the veins out of my wrist or something to go, why aren't I watching the race? Yeah, well, well, that sucks. The um, So... it was crap. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I won't drop any by the say by the fact that the um pointing out that this uh kind of Bathurst Festival kind of merging the the Bathurst one thousand and this Bathurst International they want to have. Basically having all every class in Australian motorsport on during the same weekend. It might have nearly killed all the participants, but Jesus Christ it was good television. Oh, I bet it was. Yeah. 
And you know, they apart from apart from S five thousand, which didn't really, you know, all the things we've ever said about S five thousand around Bathurst, saying maybe this is a bad idea, maybe somebody's going to end up upside down at two hundred miles an hour, you know, decapitating people in the crowd, didn't quite get that bad, but. Um, they got maybe one racing lap in across what have four races before before somebody <laughs> stuffed it in a fence and and everybody needed helping out of the gravel trap. I do wonder if we'll see something some more sort of like this now that ARG basically owns everything. Yeah, because they've bought their share of supercars now. They have. So they have, which I think is good. I mean, someone it, else. It's never good to have a monopoly, but it is good that you don't have. Uh, I don't feel like the sport is big enough to have like Super League versus ARL wars. I mean, there was a brief Super Touring versus Supercars war in the early 90s, in the late 90s, much as the same time as the um, Super League ARL war. And that was that was destructive and pointless. Um, it's, it's always yeah. better to have you know, everybody inside the tent pissing out than other people outside the tent pissing in. It's better if people don't piss in your tent at all, but, um, you know, it's a sport where people yeah, piss in there's, there's um, economies of scale that you tend to get. Mm. Now that it's it's all sort of under the one umbrella, yeah, yeah. Although, okay. honestly, the surprising thing is basically Gary Rogers Motorsport will run all of the cars in the support series. Everything will have fucking Valvoline <laughs> stripes much. on it, and Nathan Hearn will be driving it. <laughs> all the cars, yes, uh, and he'll still be. Wonder, uh, uh, how many of us, you know, sort of maybe even you know, j- even a couple of years ago, thought that oh yeah, if there's going to be one dominating sort of organiser, it's going to be ARG and not supercars. <laughs> it's going to be Gary Rogers. <laughs> because he, the, G- GRM's a part owner of ARG. So this is hilarious, the fact that he basically, you know, that, it's not even him, it's his son now these days, because Gary's just a, a decoration. He's now he's just the fucking the, the emblem on the front of the Jaguar sort of thing. But, you know, they, they, they kind of flopped out of V8 supercars with a tail between their legs after their relationship. Weirdly enough, they you know they struck up a relationship with the boost guy and he turned out to be really unstable and unreliable and changed his <laughs> mind at the drop of a hat. Weird. Um, never seen him do never, that before. Never, yes, yes. It, it is weird because I was looking back at some Bathurst, like literally Bathurst from 20 years ago, and there was boost mobile signage there and I'm like, Holy shit! This this guy's been around for a long time. He just always feels like he's running it on the a smell of an oily rag, and it's about to go broke at any given moment. It just must be the energy that he gives off. So, uh, you know, you don't want to disper- disparage people, but maybe maybe a few fewer nose beers might be in order for him. <laughs> there is a bit of nose beer energy to to boost. <laughs> we're, not, we're not alleging anything. We're just sort of describing the the general kind of. Brand Vibe. values, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you think when you say boost? I think, I think, um, men, leathery fifty-something men who who always seem to be vibrating at high frequency. They have lots of ideas and want to tell you about them all at once. Yes, all of the ideas. But it's going to be interesting because they they're going to partner up with Erebus full scale next year. So you got Barry Ryan. Um, who everybody has grown to know and quote unquote love through that uh, the first year of the um, that um, whatever they call the drive to survive that supercars did I can't remember what it's called oh, we basically discovered um, what kind of steaming bell housing Barry Ryan is and then the year after that was the year it really blew up and that would have been the really good year to have a documentary series because that was the year that literally everybody in the team quit um, so it'd be interesting to see how that energy goes with with um, uh, nose beer mobile. It could be interesting I'm, time. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Well, I'm the only sure it's going to be fine. Somebody asked, you know, what, or how does that, where does that leave James Courtney and um, Boost Mobile guy? 
I'm not going to quote his name in case he, he somehow can vanity search in a podcast. Uh, said no, James is a um, he's he's a lifer. He, he's going to have a he's going to be boost mobile, you know, forever. So basically, um, James Courtney, who also has that kind of quality. I, mean, I don't believe he's on the nose beers, but he looks like the kind of guy who, if he wanted to find out where to get nose beers, he would actually be able to tell you um, with his twenty something influencer girlfriend. Well, maybe that's why the relationship there is so strong. Entirely possibly. The thing is that he, he got absolutely roasted by all the other drivers for the way he was conducting himself on Instagram, basically becoming a prop for his um, Insta Insta girlfriend's um, bits that she was doing. To uh, and, and I actually thought it was funny because it was a little bit self-aware that he was like a – I mean, he's fucking nearly 40 years old and he still – he wears a – I mean, once you're 40 years old, you shouldn't wear fitted caps and cargo shorts no. or capri pants and and pants around like like you're a fucking skater. Uh, but, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't quite picked that up. But I, d- I did like the self-awareness of sort of acknowledging how washed he was. Yeah. I might go and um, level up on Bezo and not just clink the ice around in the glass. I might actually go and make another drink while I do this. <laughs> and we'll-, <laughs> well, that's a good trick. I'm too far away from the bar, so I'm going to have to conserve mine. Well, the bar's actually in a different room, but the benefit of wireless headphones is that I can go for a walk. Oh, yes. That's a good plan. That's a nurse. I'm going to go over to the stick and I'll tip it down there and do that. This is going to make great radio. <laughs> and the rest of what well, we do will be any fucking different. So so next year, the Rona willing, which is fucking pointless to even discuss, but um, – in theory, we get a Bathurst 1000 and the Bathurst International separated out, and we get a Bathurst 12-hour. I feel like that's... that's Yes, they've already started pushing the 12-hour. You know, it's going to be back. Yes. Bigger and better than ever, and <sighs> I really hope so, because oh, that's a tremendous race. It is. It is. And it's going to suck when they have to cancel it again, because if somebody needs to win a state election, so therefore they need to shut some borders. Oh, well, the good thing is I don't think we have a state election next year. No, but all the other states do. So, you know, there'll be... Oh, well... The South, well, the South Australians, the South Australian government is desperately trying to sell all of the stuff related to the to the Adelaide Five Hundred before they lose the next election and the opposition reinstates the Adelaide Five Hundred. It's like some, it's it's like some bullshit prank between idiots. You can't you it's can't the, fucking um, fire me. I quit. Sort of energy. Well, that the. Um uh, the, the not exactly amicable divorce where he's been a prick and he's trying to sell yes. the house and sell all the stuff before he has yes. to um, sign it over to her. Yeah. Oh, my dad told me about this years and years ago when he, he and his brother were kids. Um, they, they used to have these collectible milk um, milk bottle caps. You know, they had glass milk bottles and the caps, little those kind of foil caps that went on them had like collectibles that might have been fucking comic book superheroes or something. And there was such a war on between him and his brother in order to get to the fucking, these milk bottles, get these caps first, that that his brother decided to piss on the milk bottles so that he would get them and no one else could have them. And that's the kind of energy that I feel radiating out of out of this particular uh, decision. No, I'm going to piss on the milk so that I get the thing and you can't have the thing. And if I can't have the thing, nobody can have the thing. It was quite funny. I was scrolling through Twitter an hour or so ago, and there's just the story from Speed Cafe about this, and the picture is just like a set of traffic lights in a bin. Yes. <laughs> I Actually, I saw it because um, whoever you, the guy who used to be Larko's whiteboard, he just call, he's just called Pit Lane whiteboard now. Mm. Um, 
sort of retweeted it and said, lights out and away we go, which is, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I don't enjoy Crofty's work, but, you know, I appreciate the fact that, that that's, that's now a bit. Um, in fact, I, I dislike Crofty enough that, um, so Spark Sport, are the, which is kind of like a, it's a bit like Optus Sport, I suppose. It's like, it's, it's one of the major telcos having their own online only sports channel, essentially. And they've got yeah. the Formula One rights. But as part of the deal, if you're a subscriber, they give you a logon for Formula One TV. So oh, nice. I've st- I've just started watching Formula One TV's coverage instead of the Sky coverage because I mean, the world feed is the Sky coverage and it's Crofty and fucking Brundle and Ted fucking Kravitz. Th- Theodore Slotover. It's Theodore Slotover. Lums and bum hat. Uh, but I found that, you know, for F1 TV has – like Sam Collins and fucking Alex Brundle, which is quite odd having the junior of the of the old man on that one. And it's actually better because you don't have all the braying. I find that the Sky's coverage is incredibly pro-Brit. Although yes, this weekend it's very it's parochial. Incredibly parochial. Although this weekend, every time I turn it on, Christian fucking Horner's smug David Brent ass appears to be on the TV complaining about the fact that uh, Mercedes get all the get all the media coverage and Mercedes redesigned the track to suit his cars and Mercedes did this, Mercedes did that, Mercedes dog ate his homework uh, and a whole lot of other just insufferable bullshit. So um, if it wasn't for Christian Horner, I could actually like Red Bull, but he's just such a fucking bell. He's, yeah, no, I'm right there with him. And it's like, I, you know, you're looking at the title battles going to be decided, the, the title's going to be decided this weekend, you know, between Lewis yeah. and Max. And it's just like, yeah. I don't. People on points, but Max is ahead on a count back a win. So uh, just, I don't want Christian Horner to be happy. If there's um, if, if there's a schnappen schlappen like his old man used to be good at, um, then uh, Max wins the race, unless, of course, Michael Massey says, I'm going to take some points off you, motherfucker, uh, which he's definitely oh. come out and said that he will do. So. I, I, yeah, I saw that story. I was telling Aaron yesterday. You know, like the banter result is that Lewis wins and cops a twenty-five point penalty. The banter something. result is they both get how many points do they have to lose in order for Bottas to win the championship? Ooh, they both too get, many. They both they both do something so incredibly heinous that they both get like a hundred point penalty, and <laughs> Bottas and Ricardo end up or Bottas and and and. Surely it's too many points. It's far far too many points. Let's make make it so. (laughs) When when Michael Schumacher did did his fucking kamikaze on um, Jacques Villeneuve in Jerez, he got disqualified entirely from the World Championship. I mean, it's not like it matters because it's not like they took away those individual wins. He still won however many races he'd won across his career, but he just lost all the points for those wins and then um, essentially – no, it was like he wasn't in the championship at all. It'd be about 150 points. Yeah, let's make it happen. What do you think <laughs> you'd have to do to lose 150 points? <laughs> Lewis and Max are on 369.5. Thank you, Belgian so that, weather. That feels. That also feels like a very meme kind of number. That feels very online, the 69 in the point score. So I think they should both declare on 369 points. <laughs> share the hands. title. Yeah, joint championship, and then just just race for fun. Oh, that actually, I think that really upset um, Christian Horner because he was basically trying to wind up Toto Wolf in the press conference. And to- I don't know why you would, because Toto Wolf is like seven foot tall and could probably crush uh, Christian Horner between his his butt cheeks. But um, Horner was sort of one, and 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 one of the interviews said, um, you know, Toto, is there anything you would like to say to? to Christian before the, you know, the championship, and he basically stuck his head at it and said, yeah, good luck. <laughs> and I think that kind of ruined the moment. 
It's like, I'm not allowed to, you know, you desperately try to stoke some kind of bullshit narrative going on and it's just kind of, we're racing cars. Yeah. We're not having wars here, diggard. Yeah. Well, if, if Lewis does manage to win, I think he can thank his championship entirely on um, sprint qualifying at um, the Brazilian Grand Prix. Yeah, although someone made the point that at Silverstone, if Max had let Lewis have that corner, the one where they, they both went off, yeah. Max had let him, let, him, let him win that. Let him go ahead. Let him win that race. Finish second behind him, you know, all that sort of stuff. He'd already be the fucking world champion. So it's kind of like he can't no, – nobody wants to be the one to back down. But if he had – if he'd done an Alain Prost, he would already – or Alonso, he would have already, already be the world champion because he would have racked up enough points to do so. Anyway, mm. you can't tell the youth anything. No. Matthew Wade's out for 93 uh, or 46. 121 off 12 overs. That's that's not bad. That's an act of violence. <laughs> Particularly at the SCG, which is not a tiny ground. I mean, it, it isn't by AFL standards. but Yeah. Hmm. But uh, where am I looking? Oscar Piastri is up to fourth. Fourth, which is not bad from rear of grid. He, he needs to be which roughly he needs to be, ahead. I think he too. needs to beat Schwartzman, and they tweeted a yes. thing that told you exactly what he needed to do, and Schwartzman is one spot ahead of him, which I think is enough. That should be enough because, yeah, Schwartzman has to make well, up huge is. amounts of points. And Wang Yuzhu, who for some reason apparently yeah. is, is worthy of a Formula One place, even though he's had his ass handed to him, um, and also he wants to run the number 24 in order of Kobe Bryant, noted rapist and occasional basketball player, um, so he can go fuck himself. A lot of crossover between GP2 and um, the NBA. <laughs> Basically, it's a crossover between this and, and, the, and the regular podcast. <laughs> uh, yes, so oh, look, Schwartzman's in third. So Piastri mm. needs to finish eighth or higher, and he's currently in. Yeah, so I'm not sure what the points are for these little sprint races on the because they're going to bend this. This is a one year thing. Like they've they had this thing where they've had two, effectively two sprint races, like a reverse grid and then a reverse of the reverse grid that is probably going to be a little bit similar to the original grid, and then they have the proper grid on the next day. And everyone went, "This is too confusing. Can we go back to the old format?" And I think that's that's what they're going to do. Yes. Yeah, I think it was was it it was brought in because they didn't have the usual. Um, like support race program during COVID, so they created yeah. a new race to put in last year. Well, they year. also were running um, W Series, weren't they? So they'd basically have one of it, like they either have W Series or or F two or F three or a combination or two of the three at any at any given race. But um, I suspect they don't have to do that quite so much. No, I suspect next year the rest of the world is going to be looking relatively normal. Yeah, famous last words. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've just invented the new variant now. We're all doomed. I'll get home at some stage, I'm sure. <laughs> Actually, it's, getting home isn't the problem. It's the coming back. Yeah, I, I noticed um, it was, it was when they were interviewing SVG after the after Bathurst, you know, after they'd given him the yeah. – because he won the championship, obviously. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, yeah, Jess no, I Jess Yates is determined to ask him, about, ask him about his family, even though she knows he can't go and see his fucking family. It's like, <laughs> this is a shitty question to ask. You're just trying to get an emotional response like, out of a guy yeah, who's very home. clearly on the spectrum and doesn't know how to emote in public. It's like, yeah, no, no, I can't go home. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit. I mean, he, he, he'll be able to go home as of, um, I think, mid-January. But he still has to do like a week at home, like in home quarantine. Oh. You don't have to be in the hospital, but sorry, in the hotel. But you still have to, like, so so basically, there's no prospect of the tourism industry restarting because you can't come for that. So yeah, there you go. 
I don't imagine going on holidays and having to spend the first week sitting inside. No, well, well, my folks can't come over because, you know, come, come to, well, they, they could, but they'd, they'd probably need to make it, you know, come over for a couple of months to make it worthwhile. Ugh. That sucks, the big ones. Yeah. The problem is that it kind of looked like it was going to get better and then suddenly new variant. Yeah. Oh, Travis Hill has been fined 15% of his badge fee for sledging himself very audibly on the on the cameras. When he he called himself an extremely loud C bomb after doing a mass, having a massive swing and miss on uh, Ben Stokes, that <laughs> um, was a tremendous bit of audio. <laughs> it's like I must have missed that. Goes, I've watched the fair bit of the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> it was before the wicket the keeper had already had even taken the ball. He was just in a ah you. Oh, I missed that. I managed to watch a fair bit of the cricket, but uh, oh, I must have missed that particular. At moment. least the, um, but at least the Australian team have, have kind of adhered to their new spirit of cricket thing under Pat Cummins, and they're only sledging themselves. They're not getting stuck in the opposition. They're only sort of go, "Oh, I'm a fucking wanker." Well, to be fair, you don't really need to get stuck into them when you can bowl them out in two sessions. Yeah, yeah, they they then no good, are they? That, that, that did not look good at all. Good. That that first day. That, that was nineteen nineties areas, wasn't it? That was like nineteen ninety four. That was that was heroically poor. That was tremendous entertainment, and I find that I enjoy it better. I, I enjoy Test cricket better when the, the result is not in question, because then it's that kind of meditative um, background kind of noise that you need Test cricket to be. If it's tense and close and all that sort of stuff, then it draws in too much of your attention, and you don't want that. Yeah, no, it was. Uh- yeah, when it started on the Wednesday, Wednesday, it started Wednesday. I'd been to a birthday party on the weekend and got pinged as a um, uh, someone at the party had been tested positive for COVID. Had to go and get a te- go home and go and get a test, and it all happened at like eight thirty in the morning. So I was tested and home, and sort of had my laptop set up ready to pretend to do a day of work, um, just in time for the for the first ball. And then my phone rang, and I answered the phone, and I missed it. <laughs> That's my story. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should be more supportive of, of a co-host. But uh, you know, what did you think of Lamont? Cool, that's going back. Um, <laughs> it, it does feel like they're just um, we're on hold, aren't we? We're just waiting for the, and it's been like that for a couple of years. We're just sort of waiting for the next rule cycle to come in. Yeah, and because this this will be the second the second year that these these um, interim rules have been re-upped, a little bit like supercars are doing with their. They're supposed to be into the Gen 3 cars like last year, um, but they keep putting it off and putting it off because of COVID. It does feel like we're just sort of treading water. Now, we are going to see some kind of – so a bit of new car action next Peugeot. year. Peugeot. Um, not a lot. A bit of Puglet. Puglet will be um, back. Yeah. And if they'd only, you know, not chickened out in the first place, we could have had them for the whole of LMP1 as well. But unfortunately, the nature of um, the nature of top-end sports cars is that it, it's – Almost more than any other motorsport series, it's really, really cyclical. Yeah. I was just like looking at the teams uh, come in and then fuck the off. Results sheet for that race. It re- reminded me of the hi- the the highlight of the race happened right at the very end at the uh, where the uh, two cars that were duking it out for the lead of LMP two just about cleaned up the guy wa- waving the uh, checkered flag. Oh yeah, oh they've got to stop doing that. He reminds me of the dude who, like the guy from the Adelaide Grand Prix, who used to come out and basically treat this kind of ridiculous fencing style flag waving. Yes, just waiting for him just to get. Having your ankles taken out by a Formula One car, but the, the, one of the major reasons that was a that LMT two race was so ridiculously close was the what the car that was leading LMP two by miles died in the arse at the start of the last lap, 
uh, Toyota style, didn't it? Yes, because it was the, 2016. It was, we'll the two never Jota. was it the Jota team? No, yeah. the WRT, the, the, that, the, the, team the one that you, eventually hang on for the lead. Uh, yeah. yeah, so the, the teammate, its teammate won the race, but um, that, I mean, they're mostly known for running Audis in GT World Challenge and um, um, SRO races, you know, the, the, what used to be the Blank Pan, uh, yeah. you know, Blank Pan series and things like that. Um, extremely good at that sort of stuff, but they're getting more and more into LMP2 as because I suspect they want to be running Audi uh, LMDH top class um, sports cars once when, when, when those things become available. But yeah, they had a rough time because they car was going to win the race by a distance, and then it just died in the ass in the last lap, and, and the, the second place car had to avoid getting run down by Tom Blomquist or somebody yeah. in the um, in the Jota car. But um, I read this morning the WRT might. Snag one of the more interesting free agent signings of the, of the uh, of the off season. Um, one Valentino Rossi. Ah. He's been out testing a he's been out testing a WIT Audi because um, he's been running um, basically Ferrari four eight eights out of the Kessel Racing operation in, in his own racing. But I think for this, he's not doesn't, doesn't want to run his own team. He wants to basically work, you know, wants someone else to deal with all the overheads. Yeah, just turn and up I and drive. Uh, WIT might try and do a big um, a big theft. And the thing is, the WIT can show him a pathway, but if he does well in the, the Audi GT3s, there's a pathway into, into LMP2 and potentially into um, – into the top line once they uh, once they get their hands on those um those uh, Audi LMDH cars in in um twenty twenty three. That would be interesting. I'd enjoy watching that. Look, you can't go wrong when you you mean the thing about Rossi and MotoGP have lived off the fan of this for years is that for whatever reason he's box office. He's just people he, he, people just gravitate towards him. He's got a great personality. He you know people uh, people are, are drawn to him. So he's exactly the kind of. You know, Fernando Alonso was great for for the WEC, the World World Endurance Championship, but um, because of his enormous fan base. But Rossi is so much more of an engaging character. He's got that profile, but he's also got that extra extra plus. So um, yeah, this could really be World Sports Cars uh, gain to have him in the, in the class if like if, if he's quick enough. Well, he's been doing bits and pieces off and on for for Yonks, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he genuinely could have had a crack at Formula One. He was when he was testing Formula you know, Ferrari Formula One cars. He was only like half a second off, um, and that's you know that was like historic Schumacher times and things. And it's like, well, uh, yeah, it, it would have been really interesting to sort of see how that turned out. But um, I'm glad he didn't because he made MotoGP really interesting for for a lot of years. But and, and Formula One would have just sucked all the fun out of him. Yes, and he would have just been another dude yeah. in Formula 1 because he, he wouldn't have he wouldn't think about what made Rossi really great in MotoGP was that he had the ability to on his day just 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 do stuff that is completely unfeasible because he had, you know, a level of talent, you know, uh, above and beyond some of the dudes he was racing around with. That that changed a little bit in later years when he had guys like Stoner and Lorenzo and Marquez to deal with, but in that in the kind of early to mid 90s when he was battling your Biaggis and your Given hours and people like that, and, um, he was better than those dudes. So he could do stuff like he could start in the back row of the grid and just and you know he could he could just do magical you know race driver bike rider bullshit and and you know, do those kinds of things that people love, love to talk about. But um, mm. uh, I don't. He's not going to be that in sports cars. But just being there is actually going to be kind of cool. Yeah, it sports cars also just gives you the the because it's not as in a lot of the GTs, right? it's not as like pressure intensive because it's not operating on the same scale as MotoGP no. or, or F1 or 
all that sort of stuff. So you kind of and it's not all up. You to don't you have to too. do the media stuff. You don't have to sort of you know do that. You can just sort of turn up and just have fun. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see whether because I'm not sure whether he knows whether he's going to be like a full professional. Like if he thinks he's good, going to be good enough to actually have a crack at like the top class at at, at Le Mans. I have a suspicion he probably won't quite be quick enough for that, just because he'll be racing against people who were uh, who have been doing this since they were fetuses. And he's, you know, he, while he has translatable skills, he's racing at the people who've got the best versions of those skills. So I suspect he's, he's what he's going to be is kind of, um, you know, he's been racing in pro am and he's going to be faster than the ams and maybe not quite as quick as the best pros. But you know, I like I like to be made to look stupid because you know I like doing that to myself. Yeah. I mean, you can see a future where him paired with, you know, one of the better Ams would be a fairly competitive, would be very competitive yeah. for class victory. Well, he, he will start out as the Am, and that might actually make it really, and that might be why these teams are kind of tripping over each other to get hold of him, because he'll be essentially a, what, what, what's the shit where the bronze? kind of the gentleman driver, he'll be, he'll be a silver, possible. Don't think he'll be a bronze because he's raced the Dubai 24 and he's, you know, got podiums and that sort of stuff. But I don't think he's going to be much more than a silver. Because he's not he's not done enough FIA graded motorsport. Even though he was you know he's nine time world champion in uh, in, in bikes, he's going to be um, you know. I wonder if he already has a rating. He should already have a rating, shouldn't he? Oh, the ratings come out over yeah, but I mean, what could the, what would they base it on? I mean, he only does like one race a year. It's usually the the that golf twelve hour or whatever it is, which is incredibly like a really uncompetitive race. Well, he's a, he is a silver. He's a silver driver at the moment. Yeah. That's perfect. He, he can form the basis of a really good pro am series. You, I think that's what Ferrari were, were hoping for. You know, they they stick him and you know Pierre Guidi or, or Collado or one of those dudes in there, and they've they've got a, a, a that's a pretty you know, decent lineup. It is, and particularly given that they're planning, and I suspect Rossi won't want to do this because he'll he'll be hoping to be in the prototypes by then. But if he if he doesn't progress beyond the AMs, he, he just ends up in the pro am series. Um, that's going to be the top class of GT racing going yes. forward because they're going to discontinue that, which I think is a bad move. But that's that's what they're planning to do. They're not going to have a pro class of the of, of GT because they want to push all those manufacturers to do their pro racing in um in the top in the hypercar in the LMDH essentially. Yeah, I, I'm trying to work out like I I sort of see where they're thinking and you know, very obviously trying to push push that, but also like having a pro. GT class when you've got GT3 like GTE is kind of like it's run its course and yeah, which is a shame because they, they were awesome they were really cool they were, they were awesome so yeah uh, you know those years when it was Ford and Porsche and Ferrari and Corvette and BMW um, and BMW at Le Mans were were brilliant but you know now it's just mostly Porsches it's just Porsche and I don't Ferrari, think the manufacturers are interested in having a GT sort of class at that level. I think I think they're not interested in having t- having to build two different types of pretty similar sorts of cars. Yeah. So it made sense to sort of standardise them around GT three. It doesn't make but- Rattel particularly happy because he can see his golden egg being you know uh, well and truly scrambled and turned into an omelette. But yeah, it, it it makes entire sense. Yeah, but for the manufacturers, and then you've got to you've got to try and you know if you're just splitting them on on driver level then you're not getting the sort of the class yeah. you know disparity that you kind of but you want yeah but you can create I mean they're looking at that with GTD over in over in the states because they this is the first year they're they're going to run um effectively GT3 
as a pro class and then GT3 as an amateur class. And you can stratify it. I mean, really, the, the quality of the drivers will stratify it. But also, you can always give the pros a better grade of tyre. You can always – there's always stuff you can do. You can make them run, um, you know, longer pit, pit stops. You can. There's lots of things that you can do if you if you need to stratify them to get them out of each other's way. Or you can just let them race each other. And if, if it turns out that some of these amateurs are good enough to battle with the pros, then that's cool. And I'm sure they'll feel great about fighting with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's obviously pros and cons to both ideas. And we'll see how it comes out. Like, there's obviously a lot of um, interest in running the LMDHs. So that, that yeah. class in particular looks like it's going to be absolutely bonkers in a couple of years. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of teams that, that have run – GT3 cars and DTM cars and, and, you know, Formula 2 and all kinds of stuff that are kind of positioning themselves to, to be like like Phoenix and, and WRT and AF Corsa and all these teams that, that have kind of been made their name running, you know, GTs essentially. They're all just, just trying to see what they can do to sort of get in the game because uh, this could be really, really cool for about three years and then it'll implode because that seems to be what happens to the world sports cars. <laughs> LMP1 with the hybrids was fucking epic for three years and then it yes. completely exploded. And, a bit like, and Formula E is probably a bit like that. I mean, it's never been great, but it certainly had more manufacturers than, than many series have ever had. And now everyone is just bailing out of it because they figure out, oh, wow, this is just doing slot cars in a car park and it's not going to be any more than that. And, uh, no. and it, there isn't really any opportunity to do any R&D and tech transfer under the platform. And these cars are slow as shit, and no one gives a fuck about them. So, what are we actually doing here? Yeah, whereas, uh, like, what they're doing in the WSC with the hypercar and the LMDH, like, I like the idea of having the, you know, that sort of that that sh- you know um, spec chassis base that they've got with LMDH, yeah. but then giving them the level where if you want to go and do yeah. the R and D stuff, you can go and do hypercar. Well, yeah, because there's two reasons why any manufacturer go- gets into motorsport. One is for, you know, Honda style, for R&D and to, you know, improve the breed and, and develop technology. And one is for marketing. And if obviously, if you're in there for marketing, you want to do a little bit of R&D. And if you're in there for R&D, you want to do a little bit of marketing too. But this model where they just go, just run, run bring whatever you fucking want and we'll balance it. We'll balance the performance, it, which is not ideal, but it's the best way to do it. That means that no matter what your philosophy is, there's a, there's a place for you. You can come, you can be, you be Ferrari, and you can who have never run a car that hasn't been built on the, their own chassis. Uh, so they can build their own chassis, and they can fuck about, and they can do whatever they want. Uh, or you can just be a manufacturer who's like, well, we want to we want to try and win Le Mans, but we don't want to, you know, we just want to fucking stick a brand on a car and just just be competitive and um, uh, you know, welcome Alpine, you know, to uh, to their LMDH and some of the ideas where where they're even talking about. Uh, who was it that uh, they were going to rebadge the Peugeot hypercar as a Dodge because that's oh. all part of the same parent company? Like for, for IMSA use, they, they, if they were allowed to use, because <laughs> IMSA belatedly decided, yes, you can run hypercars because they were just going to have the LMDHs, the ones that are based on the LMP2 chassis. Mm. But because Peugeot, the, the Peugeot Citroën PSA organization merged with Fiat Chrysler to form Stellantis, which you know, sounds like a disease. Sniff and Smith uh, described it as it's sounding like a, a, some sort of European DJ, but I think it sounds more like a, a terrible brand of fucking aftershave. But Stellantis is the Fiat Chrysler Peugeot Citroen group all merged together, including Opel Vauxhall. Um, so it's it's 
a huge conglomeration of, of completely disparate brands that don't make any sense together. But that does mean that you, that you because Peugeot don't exist in the states, and you need to find another brand that you could run the car under. A Dodge appears to be the one that you would use. Which, but <laughs> you, I am also when, when absolutely. I th- when I think high end sports car racing, I think Dodge. Dodge. I'm looking. Dodge. I'm very excited for the Opel Astra prototype. Yeah, well, I was funny. at one point. Um, didn't I think Van Gears uh, or Tanda punched the Holden badge off the front of the um, the Red Bull car at Bathurst? And whenever you do that, you can see on the grill that there's very clearly the outline of what should be an Opal badge. Like the <laughs> the plastic reset actually has the shape of like that the kind of lightning bolt Opal badge. So basically, oh. they had already kind of debadged Holden. It was like a symbolic moment where they took the Holden badges <laughs> off it. Didn't Aerobus have been doing that for a while? Aerobus, they, so, the- well, they kind of alternate between running running there. Um, because when 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 it went pear shaped with the Mercs, they started you know they, they built their own badges. They actually homologate that they when everyone else was running you know Holds and Fords, they were they, they their little manufacturer logo on the um on the telecaster was was an Erebus logo. So they they kind of a little bit like when Red uh, the last year of Triple Eight with Ford, they'd fallen out with Ford so badly that they were refusing to put Ford badges on them. So they were replacing it with the Hogsbreath Cafe logo. <laughs> Which is a one of Australia's great manufacturers. Yes, I was thinking. Yes, I think. But we had enough hog talk the other week when we had uh, we were talking about Tim Payne. So I think we'll move on. And also last night we were talking about the plot of of what's that movie? Nine songs. <laughs> Which is just constant footage and rooting and no plot. It's like. <laughs> You've actually watched. I'm glad it you made this. I hope everybody who was in it felt all right about it, but. Uh, <laughs> Ah, uh, are we still talking about that? <laughs> we're still talking about the movie. Oh <laughs> uh, well, maybe that's what Tim Payne was thinking about when he was sending those text messages. Yes, yes. Just watching nine songs. So the thing is that the, the whole premise of the movie is that is that he and this this girl have this sort of summer fling. I think he's like a glaciologist or something. I did once read the pricey of this movie's plot on Wikipedia. I was like, he's a glaciologist. Like, I uh, definitely and, and read he, the pricey, and you could hear the air quotes around that. It's like he he was or he he was on a plane coming back from Antarctica, and he was daydreaming about this relationship he'd had with this crazy American girl, where they just went to a whole lot of music music festivals, and then they boned. And they through that since the movie, the festival, festival scene, like watching this band play, boning, festival scene, boning, festival scene, boning. She goes back to America and he's heartbroken. There's your plot. That appears to be the plot of the, from, from my recollection of reading the pricey of this movie years ago. Um, when I've got home from a festival, we're seeing a band, I've generally been already hung over and dead on my feet. The last thing on earth I, I think I'd ever want to be doing would be some sort of acrobatic sex, beautifully lit, so that everyone can see it. So that's basically where I, I refuse to suspend my disbelief. <laughs> Welcome back to our motorsport. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just sit back. I'm just going let to you, let you have this moment. You obviously need to get something off your chest. I'll just... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I suspect we've run out of motorsport podcast. Piastri has claimed uh, third place off off Schwartzman. I see his Schwartz as big as the Schwartzmans. Um, they're on the last lap now. I've on the last that they'd um, changed the circuit at Abu Dhabi for this year. Yes, they have. Um, it's it's like they've 
the second versions of all these um, Tilka tracks are actually much improved. Like, it's like, I think it's because generally Formula One has shown that, that it's brave, that it's willing to take more risk with the track um, homologation. So in the past, you know, you look at Zandvoort where they went back there and they built that big fuck off banked corner. I don't think five or ten years ago they would have been willing to to have that on a Formula oh, One track. And now certainly not safer barriers. Certainly not in the Bernie era. Yeah, like, certainly yeah. not in the Bernie. All the all the horrific Tilka tracks are, are like peak Bernie in charge of yeah everything, demanding I, what he thinks best, even though he hasn't had a good idea in thirty years. But he used to joke that that it was all about slowing the cars down so that the advertising space in the background would be nicely in focus. I'm not sure that was actually a joke. I think that was literally true. If Piastri lands this, if Piastri finishes uh, ahead of Schwartzman, it's done, isn't it? It's done. We're done here. He's yeah. won. Good on him. Yep. Doesn't have an F1 drive next year, so I don't know what he's going to do. No, he, he gets to be back up <laughs> to um, uh, Fernando and um, Ocon. No, he's got, well, my Twitter timeline is ahead of live stream, and it's saying that Piastri is the Formula 2 champion. He is. So he's he's, the, just uh, the, he's line. the Remy Gardner of, uh, of Formula 2. Is it still Gardner the rule that if you win F2, you can't race there next year? I don't know. That might be true. But I suspect he doesn't actually need to. Uh, uh, you know, he's got a gig. He'll be fine. But uh, yeah. good on the lad. He's he's um because he, he was a he was a rookie in Formula Three last year, wasn't he? So he has absolutely pounded through the um, stepped it up. Yeah. Whereas um, it's actually there's a you know it's it's a good period for um, um, Antipodean race drivers in the junior formula. Look with your. I mean, Marcus Armstrong's still out there. I feel like this might be his last year in Formula Two because he um, he never hasn't quite landed quite, the. Um, he's the, never uh, quite the, been. He's never quite got there. He's the. He's no, good, he's, but he's not. He's generally quite good, yeah. But he he hasn't quite been as good as he was in, in the junior formula. You've got um, Liam Lawson, who is genuinely good, and and you can see him with a career literally anywhere. I mean, he he should have won the, the the DCM championship if Mercedes Benz hadn't done their um their kind of tour to France, you know, rig the race in your own favour kind of bullshit. Uh, right, okay. In other sports, they'd call that match fixing, but in um in DTM, they call it uh, good team orders. So um yeah, yes. it was pretty. Pretty <clears throat> disgusting. Um, Jack Dillon's going to do really well. Um, and uh, there's also a few other young Aussies in the Formula 3, I think. Um, Peroni and Callum Williams and things. So Yeah, per- Good Peroni's very up and down. Well, that was he, the problem. Remember that enormous crash he had in... Uh, Monza, yes. <laughs> Monza, he was up and down, literally. Yeah. Down there, he was going to try and get into Formula into Indy Lights. Um, Ooh, that's which, a good life choice. Well, it's um. Well, if it plays off, yeah, for sh- it actually it would be quite useful because um because Indy Lights are now under the control of the IndyCar Championship. They used to subcontract it out, but now it's p- under the same umbrella. I think it's going to have a bit more attention paid to it, so it might not be a bad um it might not be a bad series to get into. I mean, the other option yeah. is to go to Japan, which is an, a, an interesting wrinkle which some people are trying. So, oh, the um, what's that? Super, super GT. Formula? No, Super Formula, not Super GT. Yeah, young um, yeah. Lacey's young bloke has gone out there. And he's doing really well. He's done quite well. He was guesting um, for one of the Toyota WEC drivers. Um, might have been Kazuki Nakajima. That was one of the series that went behind the the, um, yeah, the, the paywall for a while. And yeah, then I sort of behind the paywall, and I, I haven't watched a race of it. But the um, uh, Super Formula was on Red Bull TV, and they do actually pretty pretty good coverage. And they and they're um, 
their interface oh. is quite good. Like their uh, their their player is quite good. So uh, they used they used to have there's more stuff there. on there than just bicycles now. I haven't looked at Red Bull TV in a while. Last time I did, it was all bicycles yeah, and um, exotic He's surfing bicycles off hills and things like that. Bezo types. Well, that's gorgeous. Good on you, um, Oscar Piastri. Um, have an excellent time sitting in the back of yeah, your ears. You can't even. Um, can you? Can you get on the piss in the UAE? I don't. Think uh, you can, can you? I believe you can if you're like in a hotel. Like if you're you're yeah. in a. I think so. How it works, I think, is that if you're within a private premises, you can do that sort of stuff. But you can't be out in the street off your chops, otherwise the cops will come around and drag you out to the desert, belt the belt the soles of your feet, and then make you walk home across the hot desert sort of shit. Um, but if you're within, like, you're in a private property, you can you can do what you like. And what and what I think a lot of these big hotels do is they basically are these big resorts that have multiple bars and you know pool bars and all that yeah. sort of shit. So I think essentially you can have the you have the experience you want. I think it's probably a little bit. like a little bit like Singapore, because I mean, you can. There are street front bars in Singapore, but uh, it's pretty disgustingly expensive, from recollection. Is Mark Webber? I do believe he's just getting a hug from Mark Webber. Mark Webber's never found a, a schmedium shirt that he, he hasn't loved. <laughs> Love him feel some schmedium. Just that, just that little bit smaller than you'd want. Yes, just, just. Um, <laughs> I have to find just I have to find man tits, and I want everybody to know about them. Also, I'm extremely hairy. I need to have my tufts protruding out of the V. You like it generally likes a deep V, you 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 Weber. Oh, you can do a lot worse than than, than have Weber as your uh, your your guiding light in your, in your career. Only because he's got so many good contacts and all that sort of stuff. You would have thought he's a um he's sort of having made all the mistakes. He'd be able to point yeah. you in the uh, don't do what yeah, I don't did. Don't drive a don't drive an untried Mercedes prototype. Uh, and, and if, if it flips, don't uh, get back in it. And if it flips a second time, don't get back <laughs> in it. Don't don't trust that young German upstart in your yeah. F1 team. Basically, don't trust Christian Horner because he's a, don't he's trust just a Horner. two-faced fuck. Makes David Brent look fucking classy. There's a lot of schmedium shirt action. <laughs> There's a lot of guys who are, who are definitely sucking the gun in when the t- when the camera goes around. <laughs> Hoping that the uh, photographer does a bit of editing and post, just yeah. just sort of just nips and tucks a little bit, just to make it look yeah. a bit more normal. A lot normal of high beaming not- too. It must be, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how you do that. A lot of people icing up their nipples before they come down to the, or they're just extremely excited. I that- wouldn't have thought it'd be that that uh, cold. No, on a Saturday afternoon in, in the in the middle, middle of the fucking <laughs> desert. Yeah, you'd like to think so. Anyway. Yeah, maybe you're standing right under the air conditioner before you uh, went out for the photo. <laughs> it's leaning up against the cold steel of the just those those, um, those leaf blowers they used with the with the the brake duck adapters on them. They just sort of attaching those to yourself and just attach one to each yes, one to each nipple over over each shoulder and yeah, look like you're doing world of wearable art or something like that. <laughs> Um, so there is a this Formula One is going to happen. Qualifying will happen overnight, so we can't really make a call on that. Though it does look like Lewis has a little bit more pace than than Max, as Red Bull pointed out. The track was remade to Mercedes specifications. Yeah, good on you. Who do you see winning this? I mean, Max has still got the thing in his pocket whereby he can just he can just you know engineer a situation whereby neither of them make it home and uh, he wins it. Yeah, well, I was thinking uh, before it was a uh, um, Senna and Prost. Uh, Suzuka, whatever year that was, the nineteen ninety um, time for the guru. The other classic Murray Walker um, screaming, and it's happened immediately. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, a convenient accident heading yeah. into the first corner. Yeah. That 
I almost used because on the uh, on the regular sports episode, the v- the first vocal drop is Murray Walker going and look at that, which is Nigel Mansell's tire exploding in uh, at Adelaide. But you know, and it's happened immediately. Would almost work, but it's it doesn't really make any sense in the context of introducing a, a podcast theme song. So, of course, for this we just use the for the, this episode we just use the rip off of the old RPM theme with a bit of Barry Sheen thrown in at the end. RIP in peace. Yes. RIP in, in, in pieces. I I reckon unless something underward happens, Lewis is going to do it. And I don't really have a – I haven't really enjoyed Lewis's seven championships before this, but this one, I don't know, because maybe because he's he's got a bit of that kind of um, late-era Rossi, it's going to be a shame when he goes kind of energy. And also because he's, he's generally been doing the right thing and saying the right thing. You know, he, he was absolutely – Yeah, this at, is the – it's the mature championship. Yeah, he's been absolutely. This at is the, the one Saudis with- over there. Bullshit. He's been <clears throat> generally on. You know, he, he's, this is. I mean, activist Lewis has kind of been. Um, it's been good to see because he was always a, a very corporate dude before this, and now he's actually figured out. Oh fuck! I can. I don't, it's been fun to see Vettel being doing that sort of stuff too. Like Vettel using his because um, he was also another kind of you know corporate brat who'd, who'd come up through. Yes. Uh, you know. He'd been, you know, he'd, he'd come up through a system whereby he'd been told what to say and what to think and how to represent the brand, and now he's much he's much better at actually using his his voice for um for good. So I think both of them are actually credits to the, to the series. Yeah, I I think I think I would be much happier if Lewis won than Max. Yeah, I just can't I just can't handle any more David Brett. He's just <laughs> I just don't want him. I just don't want it. Don't want him to be right. I don't want him to, to have a good but time. Also, I just, I just don't want to see Yoss's smug. Fucking oh face. god, yeah. Well, it's ironic that um, that Max reversed into uh, Lewis in in Saudi, given that arguably Joss's most famous moment as a Formula One driver was when he was being lapped by one Montoya on Montoya's like second ever Grand Prix, and Montoya was going to win the race by miles, and Verstappen. Moved out of the way to let him through, and then totally missed his braking marker and smashed in the back of Montoya and took him out of the race in Brazil in two thousand and one. So it's kind of like the reverse, the reverse of what his dad did to Montoya twenty years <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Fucking brake testing idiot. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, hope, yeah. I just hope it's it's fair and clean, or it's really, really ugly, and they all get disqualified, and and, and Bottas or or Dan Ricciardo yeah. or somebody. There's, kind of like, there's no wins. There's no spectrum here. No, it's, it's the, the you know the nice, good, clean fight that you know yeah. you know they go wheel to wheel for the whole thing, and it's nice and good and excellent to watch. Or fucking just chaos, absolute chaos, absolute fucking chaos, destruction, carnage, which is usually hard to pull off at Abu Dhabi, but I'm flood. sure they can manage. Well, it's a, it's a difficult. It's not a very interesting track. Although I'd have to have, having said that, they have um, they have successfully taken out some of the dullest parts. Um, I guess we're all going to find out, and we'll, we'll know by the time this episode's post. We'll know who's who's got through qualifying and and uh, and what the story's going to look like. So, but um, yeah, I'm going to predict a, a Lewis win. Um, I just think he's um, Max has got one last really just rush of shit to the brain left in him, which will either that's it. Like- it, it. It might it might be a case where he gets penalised out of the world championship, which would be a shame, but it would kind of be probably uh, on brand for this Funny. year. It'd be funny, absolutely funny. And the amount of butt hurt out of Red Bull, they'd definitely try and take it to the courts or the, the fucking court of arbitration or some bullshit. Oh, God. 
just the event that they're still litigating. See, that's kind of why I want it to be clean because I don't, I just, I can't fucking <laughs> handle the narrative. I can't handle, you know, three months of Christian Horn and going, yeah, we were wrong, dude. Michael Messi is not as good as Charlie Whiting. They should dig Charlie Whiting up and reanimate him like Wicked and Bernie style. Fuck off, can't. Hook him up to a car battery. Um, <laughs> How is this useful but, suggestions? But, um, you know, part of it also, if it does go down that route, you know, there is some hilarity in the fact that they'll probably be litigating this in the Victorian Supreme Court at the, you know, Melbourne Grand Prix next year <laughs> to try and sort out last year's championship. What Melbourne That'd Grand Prix? We know that's not happening. Oh, but they spend all the money redeveloping the circuit. <laughs> Why didn't, why didn't Melbourne get one of these ridiculous banged corners? They just got, you know, a little bit more runoff and a little bit of they, they didn't get the fucking the ridiculous banked corners. And basically after that um that Saudi track, everything else just looks like I can't believe that track was ever allowed to it, it made S five thousand at Bathurst look like a sensible idea. It was just it was the most ridiculous track I've ever seen in my fucking life. But aren't they planning on that? They're only going to run that next year and then they're going to move it, aren't they, to somewhere else? Is that what I was... Well, they might not be able to go back to the site because it'll be radioactive waste from the enormous explosions. But, yeah, they're, they're running... An, I think it moves to the start of the season next year, so they're going back again pretty quickly. So they don't have a lot of oh. chance to do much too. So I think we, we get... But I think it probably fits better at the start of the year because having this kind of random bullshit track, it's a little bit like Baku. If Baku was at the end of the season, the fact that it is a random bullshit generator would be much more of a problem. But because it's early in the season, everyone can have a lovely laugh about it. Yeah. Are they going to go to the um, Vietnam track that they've never raced at? I think I don't know if that's on the schedule for next year. I think so. It's a little bit like the track that they that um, they said the MotoGP. I mean, MotoGP have been planning to go to this track in Finland called the Kimi Ring. Not no relation to to you know, shut up. I know what I'm doing. Um, but the, I think they're going next year. But they also were going to go to this track in Indonesia, which was apparently built on, you know, reclaimed marginal heathland that had been, re, the, you know, that had to drive out all the, all the local people or something. It was terrific to, to make. Is that the one? That, was it the World Superbikes were at a couple of years ago, where it just absolutely thundered down rain? Well, yeah, this is the thing. It's like this track is going to be built, and it sounded like bullshit. And then suddenly it was finished, and World Superbikes <laughs> were there, and then it rained the whole fucking time. But it, it actually looked like a pretty decent track. I think I saw half a. Half one of the races, and it looked like fun. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it had had that kind of quality of uh, a, it, it flowed, which is something that those Tilka tracks never do. If you look at um, like Coda in Austin, it doesn't flow at all. It kind of stops and starts, and then gets hemmed into some other sort of slow bullshit. But um, that Mandalika yeah. circuit actually flows really nicely. It sort of goes, you know, it comes out of a slow section and then flows into these quick stuff, and then goes down to a slow corner, and then you feel it, and then you come back the other way. So it's kind of. Um, Works out quite well. It kind of reminded me of that, um, uh, not the the Valencia track, not the Grand Prix circuit, the the permanent one. That does MotoGP go there still? They do, Is although it's, it's quite slow. It's quite fiddly. They they tried to run a Formula E event there, and um, they fucked it up so but badly. It, it was it was almost oh, hilarious. That's the one where they all ran out of batteries. Yes, the race was too the and, race was and, too long. Whenever everyone when people complain about Michael Massey, I would like to remind people that the person they passed over to give Michael Massey that job, was the guy who's the who's the race director for Formula E, who presided over all of that dumb shit. So uh, careful what you wish for. If they get rid of Michael Massey, you get Scott Elkins. Fucking genius. Well, I mean, we could just make um, Eduardo Freitas the race director of everything. <laughs> yes. Well, that grumpy prick from from the SRO ones, uh, Alan, whatever his name is. He goes, penalty. <laughs> and then you hear a very loud, audible click of the microphone coming on. <laughs> <laughs> 
What have you fuckers done again? Drive through penalty. Car 86. Thank you. If we're going to do race director chat, we should probably pour a little out for Tim Schenken, who's finally packed it in. Safety cars, boards and flags, safety car, boards and flags, safety car, scramble. We're going to need someone else to, to say those magic words. I feel like some of those safety cars at the end of Bathurst were probably just Tim playing the old hits. A little bit like Neil Diamond coming out on his final tour, <laughs> doing Sweet Caroline and Crunchy Granola and shit like that. <laughs> Come out and play safety car, boards and flags again for us there, Tim. Pit lane penalty, pit lane penalty, car 88 yes. for a driving infringement. Yes. Never actually explain what the driving infringement is. Yes. You just, it's just, you just got a driving infringement. driver. We're penalising you again for overtaking the safety car in, in, in 2014 or 15, whatever it was, because it was <laughs> fucking stupid then and it's fucking stupid now. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Well, they, they, they were running that kind of Bathurst Channel thing the week before where they, they run all the all the highlights, and it's just it's amazing to see the number of ways Jamie, Jamie Wincuff has conspired to fuck up Easy wins at Bathurst since 2012. <laughs> well, it's all right. Now we can do it for an entire team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as long as he's not the one recalling strategy, you should be fine. Yeah, you can just go around the safety car. That'll be fine. <laughs> Imagine him having a slightly more hands-on approach than Roland. Well, the thing is that Roland is supposedly like a sweary, drunken, like apparently he's quite fun. Like he's best mates with Paul Morris. <laughs> Which is oh, ridiculous. They, they go out they go out the boat and they get on the piss and they just, you know, do stupid shit. And that does not fit the, the mould of, of Roland Dane. But, um, yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I'm interested to see what they're going to do next year. I mean, if um, Lowndes still has a contract to run at least one more Bathurst, Windcup is presumably he's going to run a car. Are they just going to run a wild card for those two uh, as kind of a old blokes reunited Triple Eight special sort of thing? The uh, the old blokes pro am yeah, well the am am yes, well, it's a bit like the the Russell Engel and uh, Greg Murphy cars, but they'll just put the two old blokes together. I don't think you can do that under the rigs though. Yeah, oh could, no, you could as you a wild could run card. it as a yeah. wild card. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, no, of course you could. Mm-hmm. I'm very smart. Yeah, so as long as as long as they don't try and rush, run Russell Engel again, because that, that he was he was not oh, particularly God. quick. He's a solid second off. His absence has. I've only just realised that he's been completely absent this entire. Time. I mean, he's fifty-two years old. That's that's getting that's almost as old as Brock was when he retired, and Dick Johnson was when he retired in, in the nineties. It's like you you're done. And that was that was in a previous era where you know physically the the cars weren't anywhere near as as taxing because they they weren't going qualifying laps every lap. Yeah. Still, I got a lot of coverage for Super Jeep Auto, who did do some good ads over that um, over the Bathurst period. Because they've never been that I did, happy. I did enjoy the we're sponsoring literally everything else. Yes, the else 1000 except- Bathursts rather than the Bathurst 1000 because they don't yeah, have anything to do with Bathurst 1000. The uh, Super Cheap Auto presents the uh, Bathurst Super Cheap Auto. Yes. We're sponsoring <laughs> the Bathurst. <laughs> we're sponsoring your own store. Yeah. No, it was good. And, and it, it's it's kind of good for the, for the sport to have another company that's that keen to um, – do activations off the basis of the sport. You've got to kind of you can't you know bring the hammer down and, and get upset about it because um, it's um, it all brings eyeballs to the sport. It's like it's like a weird kind That's of rivalry. It. It's not quite Holden versus Ford. It's like different brands of fucking um, parts manufacturing. Car parts, yeah. car parts supplies. Um, what do you think of the the new cars? I actually like them. I. Um, I like the, the – they look like race cars. I'm not entirely convinced – the rear wing doesn't make them look like – it makes them look a little bit like GT4s. But 
Yeah, I understand the whole point the Ford is Mustang pull, in particular. Yeah, you, the whole point is like to pull GT, wood. like the Mustang GT4. Yeah, I wonder if they could have like a big decorative rear wing that's flat as a tack and doesn't actually do a fucking thing, uh, just to make them look a little bit more uh, ridiculous. But um, but yeah, apart from that, I mean, they look they look great. The, the Ford sounded great because they, they weren't running a muffler, and that that's not going to be allowed to do. Uh, <laughs> not going to be allowed to do that anywhere else. But it does sound good. And the other thing is, that's nice is, is they sound different from each other. It's a little bit like back when they had the that Nissan patrol based V8, and you had the the AMG crossplane Howler, and you had all these different engines. Yeah, you actually had some. You know, you could tell them without even looking at them. Essentially, while listening, yeah. The, 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 I've got to say, the Camaro looks good yeah, in particular. I, I like how that looks as a race car. Yeah. Uh, they've ripped off the um, the the silver Corvette paint job with the, with the kind of the shadowed American flag on the, on the engine cover and stuff like that. Yeah, which is a bit naff, and, uh, you know, but also I'm kind of glad. Well, yeah, I heard some dialogue about it. You know, why is it an American flag? It should be a Australian <laughs> flag. I'm like, but do you know anything about sport outside your – I mean, that that's General, General Motors Motorsports look. Is that silver with uh, yeah. with that kind of look? Now it's a little bit on the nose because of of what you know General Motors did to Holden. Well, to be fair, what you know successive yeah. governments did to Holden, and then and then what what, then what, what Holden did to Holden. Holden did to Holden, and what the Australian car buying public did to Holden. You know, this is not you know mm. it's, it's they shut it down because it was unprofitable. It did it was you know it was, there's reasons it was unprofitable. I'm glad they didn't trot it out in the. Uh the the the, the um, Corvette racing yellow though that would that would have been a little bit ugh, I don't know if they've done that the problem is if you put if you put a Camaro in that it immediately looks like Bumblebee from fucking Transformers and I don't think they're really looking for it <laughs> that's true yeah and I mean even even GM are getting away from that yellow because they're using a lot more of that kind of that kind of graphitey silver. Because they're running one car. Those Corvettes look good though. Ran, that's the problem. When they ran one of their cars in um, in WEC, they ran it. Silver and red, I think, and they ran. Uh-huh. And the, the last Sebring, they ran two silver cars, one with white highlights and one with silver with red highlights, because they were they were promoting Mobile One because Mobile One are the sponsor of Sebring. So I think they're they're quietly trying to retire the yellow. That's sad. I quite like the yellow. I thought it was nice. Yeah, yeah. I imagine they're probably still because they're running two cars, one in WEC and one in um, IMSA. I suspect it'll that they'll have the um, Jordan Taylor's car in um, IMSA, which is traditionally the yellow one. And they're having the, the Nick Tandy one in WEC, which is um, which is the, which has been the silver one the last last year or two. So yeah. that works out. Let's make it, make them easier to tell them apart at three o'clock in the morning when you're twenty beers in. Well, and the Corvette's one of the things that, that General Motors can actually sell overseas because it's right hand drive and it's an export product that kind of works and it's high margin too. So you know, while well, you're not going to make a lot of money trying to sell you know general cars and and you know, they're trying to shift Corvettes, Camaros, and Silverado trucks really. Yeah. God, there, there are plenty of those Silverados out this way. Oh, hell. they're starting to pick up in sales. And they're huge. They are. They're huge. They are hefty. I'm surprised you don't need a special license. They are. Well, I thought, yeah, they're not quite B-double, but you do have some sort of heavy vehicle. Mm. What do you think? They're bloody massive things. Disproportion, you know, oh, feel- inversely proportional to the size of the junk on the, on the gentleman driving them, I would expect. Well, yeah, I'm sure... I've certainly expressed opinions about the the, the hog work of oh, people tending to drive those vehicles. <laughs> the Tim Payne work, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure your man's how good you failing, are on the text. Failing plumbing business really needs that amount of fucking towing capacity. Oh well, if, if, uh, we're, if we're in the position, to be fair, the guys around here are usually towing massive fuck off horse flights. So yeah, okay, fair enough. 
I was just thinking if we're a horse float the size of a, you know, like those demountable bloody cabins you see at a caravan park. The, the horse, the horse can actually just go on holiday. It's got like a bunk bed and mm. a little kitchenette that you can operate with your hooves. That's a, you know, sandwich press, that sort of thing. Grill to do your um, English muffins in the morning. That's interesting. Um, Zach Brown has just been quoted as saying that that the McLaren and Red Bull don't like each other. So McLaren are on Mercedes' side for whatever this uh, going's on happened. I mean, obviously the engine comes from Mercedes, but I just saw Jenna Fryer, the um, the AP's NASCAR rider, um, who seems to be moonlighting over it. Thing is sort of was just currently live tweeting an interview with Zach Brown. So um, yeah, Red Bull are losing friends left, right, and centre. <laughs> Turns out behaving like a complete bell end has an impact. To be fair, it's very easy not to like Christian Horner. Yeah, and, and if and if you're tired of not liking Christian Horner, you can always not like Helmut Marco. Yeah. They just keep providing people for you to not yes. like. Well, and a lot of them are Austrians, and, and Austria is, you know, Europe's Texas. They're a, they're a special breed yeah. of obnoxious fucking cleaners. A lot of, uh, lot of time indoors in the Alps in the winter yeah. drinking schnapps yes. does yeah. things to your head. Doing racisms. Well, <laughs> we're now in the position where we're, not, <laughs> we're sledging plumbers from Picton, um, Silverado drivers, and Austrians in general. <laughs> um, it might be time to bring an end, end of proceedings. This has been the Motorsport Nerd Pod for December. 2021. It's been a joy as always. I've been Dr. Yobo. Uh, Bert has been Bert. Bernie has been Bernie. And um, we will talk to you again at a new future. Uh, and uh, I am bad at outros. I will edit this to make it sound better. I wasn't going to help you out, so. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, man. That was awesome. That was fun. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Oh, Dylan Gronerwigan's joining um, Bike Exchange. That's something you don't care about. Sorry? Controversial Dutch sprinter, um, but quick guy, is joining the Australian-flagged um, Pro Tour cycling team. Oh, that's interesting. I, cycling is one of those things where I'll sort of half-follow it during the Grand Tours, but then really yeah. not care about it outside of that. I got really big into it in the last couple of years because um, – I think it was because I couldn't travel and the the cycling, the, the kind of the live stages or the, the replays of full stages are a little bit like going on a road trip, but you're going on a road trip yeah. through parts, you know, parts of the world that I <coughs> do not have the prospect to be able to see. So you're like, oh, today yeah. we're going on a road trip from fucking Marseille to, to Provence sort of stuff. Oh, this is really rather nice. It's, it's, at the end of it, they have a little sprint and somebody wins a bike race. It's like the first generation of that that, um, that, that slow TV kind of thing. Like, slow TV, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's exactly it's what it is. cycling Grand Tour coverage. <laughs> yeah, it was like Phil Liggett talking about chateaus and shit. That's... It's funny, I was, yeah, I was listening to a podcast with Phil Liggett because he, he's on a, there's an Australian cycling podcast called The Detour. Phil Liggett's semi-regular on it. And he was talking about the fact that 
Uh, I think they're doing like a special a tribute to Paul Sherwood because it's the anniversary of his death, like a third year, yeah. th- three year anniversary. Right. And he was sort of talking about the fact that when they started doing that, it was total bullshit. It was just shit they did to make to fill in time, and they entirely made up all the stuff about the the backstory of the Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> And all this sort of stuff. And then the second year, the, the, the year after, the French tourism people said, here's a whole lot of material that we've already prepared, you know, and we've got some footage about, you know, all the chateaus that are on the path. And we're actually going to put these into the show. So it actually became a thing because they would desperately try to fill in six hours a day with e- fucking anything they could. Whatever the helicopters would point a camera at. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Particularly one of those big flat road stages where you've got like a breakaway of four desperate dudes who are definitely not going to win the stage. And then the big teams are just sort of faffing along, filling in time. Yeah, they're just sort of, you, you know, they're going at 63 and the peloton's going at 60, knowing that at 10 k's to go, they'll yeah. just wind him in and she's done here. Yeah, just that kind of very slow death, that really cruel, <laughs> just leave them hanging out. You know they're not going to fuck this up. There's no, there's, there's no twists on the way in. There's no crosswinds. You guys are just fucking doomed. You're just out there to get coverage for your sponsors. Actually, that reminds me of the uh, – was it the women's road race at the Olympics? Oh, yeah, because they don't have the radios, yes. Because they don't have the team radios where the person – was it it's like second or third? Yeah, the, the Dutch. some of the Dutch knew that they weren't going to win the race and some of the Dutch didn't know that, but they were too busy fighting over it. Wasn't it to, somebody um, second or third crossed the line as though they'd won, but they were actually second or yeah, third? Yeah, I was uh, – yeah, one of the Dutch one of the Dutch girls was Van Vluten, I think. Um and, and they didn't know that there was this some um, random fucking Austrian breaking the uh, reputation of Austrians by being a, a, a mathematics PhD student uh, who'd won the fucking stage by, by a minute and a half or whatever. Yeah, that's a, I remember sitting home watching that. Why is she she's really happy about winning second? Yeah. <laughs> about getting second? Yeah. Oh, no, wait. She thinks she's yeah. won. Oh, no. Yeah, that's almost as good as – which. <laughs> Of the thing that often happens in like lower, smaller class Moto GPs, like Moto Moto Three, the dude who celebrates on the last lap like he's won it because he's miscounted the number of laps to go. <laughs> he's given it the big one. He's wheeling over the line and just been bugged, and, and, and then no, he ends up finishing twenty seventh. Flag. Yes. Oh. Oh no. Oh no. And suddenly the stunt goes horribly wrong. I would have thought that about slightly a million. Just get rid of the radios. That that for me, that race for me at the Olympics was just like, yeah, bin the radios and just just leave them out there. Yeah, well, they, they got no excuse for doing that. Did that there was that, there's no a whole lot of fucking pit board. I mean, do something. You're not winning. <laughs> yeah. Is the lack of a ribbon to ride through like not a hint here? Yes. <laughs> The fact that there's on the big screen somebody is already on the fucking podium getting something. <laughs> Maybe that's the giveaway. But that's the thing. They got so obsessed with each other, they just didn't realise that somebody else had fucked off up the road. Yeah, I, I don't think I've watched – I watched all the men's race. I didn't watch all of that one. But, yeah, I guess what happened is that, yeah, they were having their own little fights. I was going, oh, fuck this. Taken off. It just no one noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Because I would have thought, like, even, you know, if you're in the car, you've got, like, someone in your team that'll come back and get the messages and ride them through, you know, like having the trainer on the field during the football. Yeah, but with a pro tour team, for sure. But these guys have never, you know, they very rarely race together. They race together for the Olympics and for the Worlds, and the Worlds were after. So it's it's kind of like these people aren't used to working together, and they're not as resourced in the same kind of way. Yeah. So you can see why it wouldn't. Quite, and often it, the the director sportif will be somebody who actually rides for works for a totally different team, so they just don't have a uh, in the in the pro tour <coughs> for the trade team. So it's it's um, uh, it's totally different. So, so it's like that. Um, 
you know, what's that thing they say about like the, you know the team of champions doesn't necessarily make a tam- champion team. But it's kind of like that. Oh, you get all the best Jack people Benson. in your in your country that are good at yeah. cycling and throw them together and then go, wait, you're not actually good at this if you would just put you together? Well, yeah, because what happened to the Belgians in the um, – because the, Bel- uh, the the Worlds were held in Flanders in Belgium, which is like the world hotbed of cycling. Hmm. It's where all the classics are. And and they the Belgians have this super team of all these massive stars, but none of them would work for each other. They were all trying to, to win it all solo. They ended up fucking each other's races up completely. Um, it was quite – it was quite hilarious because there's a, it's a little bit like kind of 90s Dutch football team, uh, national football team energy where they would all fight with each other and it would just be fucking hilarious. So uh, huh. um, the more you know. 